Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now, each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite, or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. We are here for a very special episode today. So excited to give you this hymn. So this is a hymn that we have not heard of. It is not in our hymnal. Nope, it's not one of my favorites. Mm -mm. But we love when we hear from people who are talking to us about their favorite hymns, their hymns from their childhood. Mm -hmm. This one came from Twitter. Yes, one of our Twitter followers. We love being on social media. Yes. Knowing that we have like this small but passionate yes community of hymn lovers just makes it so much fun right and so just today we have someone playing the piano that we met on instagram the request came from twitter and our performance for later on in this episode is a husband and wife worship team from wisconsin and they're from grace bible fellowship they're on facebook so it's really fun connecting with christians all over the world on social media yes so This request came from a gentleman named Ryan Mm -hmm. from Oregon. Right. And he actually talked to me about this hymn back in February. Wow. Did you tell him it might be a while till we got to it? (laughs) He's he's very patient. And I don't even know if he really ever thought it would be on the show. But I reached out to him and I said, hey, remember you mentioned that hymn? (laughs) We're finally getting to it. Now, the thing is that both of us spend time on Instagram and Facebook for sure. But Carrie really does all the Twitter. I don't even have Twitter on my phone. I mean, you could just have Twitter on your phone. What's your problem? (laughs) I don't want to. No. Um, Yeah, so if you're talking to me on Twitter, that's... It's it's, Carrie. It's only Carrie. If you're talking to us on Instagram, it could be one or the other. It's mostly me, but it could... It could be me. It could be me. It's not that often, though. Usually, if I see that she's having a conversation with someone, I don't butt in. (laughs) That's so unlike how you are in real life. I know, so in real life, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, I just watch quietly on the side. Include me, include me. (laughs) Yeah, so he loves this song. Yeah. We didn't know it. Should we tell everyone what it is? Yeah, let's tell us. It is called, What What a a Wonderful Savior. Yay. He said that he really doesn't sing this anymore at his church, but he remembered singing it as a teen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he loved it. He thought that it had a good rhythm. It was very singable, had a good flow of the melody. Yep. He said, learn it, sing it. It's, it's wonderful. wonderful. Hey, that's an exact <laughs> quote from Twitter. <laughs> from Ryan. Attention. Now, I just thought, oh, I know this hymn. Oh, right. I know this wonderful hymn. Mm-hmm. So then we, I kind of, in my memory, kind of went back to all the hymns that we know that are about wonderful Jesus or wonderful grace or wonderful Savior. When you look up wonderful hymns, I mean, there are just so many. In fact, I went back and forth Several times. Am I doing, am I looking at the right one? I know. Am I looking at the right one? He sent me a video of people singing the song. So had he not done that, I don't really know if I would have picked the right one. Mm-hmm. Really, there were just so many. So that's, he called the song, What a Wonderful Savior. But of course, you could call it 
by its first name, first line, right? Christ has for sin atonement made, which isn't a great title. No, and doesn't have the word wonderful in it. But if he had given me that, there would have been no doubt right. which hymn to play. Right. So what a wonderful savior was what he said. But then when we looked, we got confused with all the other wonderful hymns. And then we kept thinking, a wonderful savior is Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful savior to me. That's Fanny Crosby, he hideth my soul. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Or... Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful, wonderful words of life. Wonderful words of life, another wonderful, wonderful hymn. hymn. And that's a great hymn. It says the word wonderful a bunch of times, and it's by a wonderful hymn writer named Philip, Philip Bliss. Bliss. Yeah, that's a great one. Why haven't we done that one on the show? I know. All right, another one. This is one of my favorites. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. And this is a fun one, Carrie. Yes. I remember doing this on the hymn I know. That's by a wonderful hymn writer named Haldor Lilanus. Fantastic song. Super fun to sing. But this one isn't that one. No. And then, of course, there's... This is pretty famous. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. So that's the Gaithers, right? Mm -hmm. And wonderful again. I don't know if I really... <laughs> ever thought before of how many times we find the word wonderful in our hymns. And then, how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love. For me. Okay, so that's awesome. That's Charles Gabriel. Mm -hmm. And that's I Stand Amazed. We did that on episode 43. And this is a fun fact. I Stand Amazed has the most downloads. Interesting. Now, it doesn't include the first two episodes right. or the trailer because I feel like they've been around for mm -hmm. so long. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, it almost seems inconceivable that a, that episode 43 would have more downloads than episode three or right, four or five. Right. Yeah, little fun fact, Him Talk, Twin Talk trivia. If you have not listened to I Stand Amazed, I encourage you to do so because it clearly is one that people are drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many hymns and songs that have the word wonderful in it. It's no wonder this one maybe, you know, right. went by the wayside. Yeah. And it's not just old hymns. It's kind of new hymns, too. Mm -hmm. There's, isn't he wonderful, wonderful, isn't he? So... All of those are great hymns, and except for I Stand Amazed, we can do them all on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk someday. Exactly. But today, we're doing What, what a, a Wonderful, wonderful savior. savior. Now, this hymn was written in 1891, and it's published in 164 hymnals. Okay. Now, Ryan, our friend who submitted this to us, he actually goes to a church, and they do not do any hymns. No. No, which we we find this a mm -hmm. lot. Nowadays, mm -hmm. the churches want to be 
relevant and current and contemporary. So they're doing away with the old hymns. You do hear an old hymn here and there, but it's it can sound very different, very right. modern. Right. Um, yeah, it's too bad. And he's sad. He definitely misses the old hymns. He said his wife um, is a piano player. Yeah. Yeah, and she plays the piano in the style of Rudy Atwood, and it's you know big kind of flourishy, jumping around. And he says when he's home and she starts playing, it just reminds him of his childhood years mm-hmm. at his old church. Right, and so he's saying this song as a teenager, and again that just reminds me as the person choosing the music, the music that you sing in your formative years. That is the music that you take with you your whole yes. life. We need to make sure that we are teaching our kids and our teenagers the songs of the faith because that's those are the songs they're going to remember. And this, of course, he remembered it. It stuck with him. It's mm-hmm. a sweet memory for him. But it is a very memorable song. Yes. I mean, there's not a whole lot to the song outside of the phrase... What What a a wonderful wonderful savior. savior. In each verse and refrain, you say, what a wonderful savior four times. So when the whole song is done with five verses, you sing, what a wonderful savior 20 times. Right. That does seem like a lot. All right. Well, let's sing it. All right. Let's see if you know it, everyone. We'll do verse one and the refrain. Mm -hmm. And count, what a wonderful savior. It should be four times. (laughs) Christ has for sin atonement made. What a wonderful Savior. We are redeemed. The price is paid. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. What a wonderful Savior. I mean, I sing that and have fun with it. I kind of keep it moving. But when we're talking about atoning sin, it feels like maybe it should be slower. So I feel like this is one of those songs we want to go to our, you know, hymn-loving people in the congregation, right. Gary and Linda, right. and ask them, right. do we sing this at the right tempo? Mm-hmm. I like it fast, Kelly. I do too. So if we look at this hymn, you hear the line, what a wonderful Savior, repeated over and over again. So how many actually different and new lines of text are there in this song besides what a wonderful savior each verse only has two lines like for example in verse four it's he walks beside me in the way what a wonderful savior and keeps me faithful day by day what a wonderful savior two lines so the the man who wrote this wrote thousands of hymns yes thousands and so maybe when you are writing your 957th hymn you just decide not to keep writing new lyrics. I don't know. I like it. I like emphasizing that phrase. I don't see anything wrong with it. All right. I don't think that was a sign of him being lazy or out of ideas. Well, the thing is that it is repetitive. Sure. And the And the irony here is that many people criticize modern praise music for being too repetitive. Okay. I'm sure you've seen the jokes around. You know, it's the same words over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you look back at hymn history, there are also some repetitive hymns. And so you think, why are we being so repetitive? Whether it's a modern praise song or an old hymn why are we repetitive and honestly the answer is the bible is repetitive 
The Bible is repetitive. We're actually following a biblical principle where the Bible says the same thing a few different times. And so I guess the big question is, why Why is the Bible repetitive? (laughs) Why is the Bible repetitive? Why? We even can be repetitive sometimes. Did you just see that? Why is the Bible repetitive? Why is the Bible repetitive? (laughs) Okay, so first of all, The big reason why we see things repeated in the Bible is because they are very important. It is repeating an important theme or an important event. Right in the beginning of the Bible, we see the creation story written twice. Mm -hmm. We see the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses twice. We see most of the gospel stories, most of them, written at least three or four times in each gospel. Right, right. It's because they're important. And if you're looking at eyewitness accounts for stories like of Jesus in the New Testament, it gives us a little bit more credibility. You see the story from the perspective of Matthew, and then you see it again from the perspective of Luke. The same story, maybe some things that change a little because of their perspective, but it gives credibility to the New Testament writers. And- When we look at hymns and we look at church music, that idea of repetition evolved. Right. Because eventually gospel songs came into being and they wanted refrains. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the idea that there was a refrain, a main point of the song that you sang four times. I mean, that wasn't something that was done a hundred years prior. Right. So it was like this emphasis on repetition became sort of this new thing here in America. Mm -hmm. And maybe people played around with the idea of repetition and they took it maybe a little too far. Well, how how many times should I say what a wonderful Savior? Right, right. Instead of just having it like twice in the refrain, I'm going to have more of it. Right. And, you know, we think of the song, we did this episode 17. Yes. And God will take care of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the phrase, God will take care of you or he will take care of you, there wasn't a whole lot to that hymn. Mm-hmm. This definitely reminded me of that. Yes. For sure. I don't like to think that a hymn writer was lazy and so just, you know, repeated the words because they didn't want to do anything else. Right. And I don't want to think that one of our Bible books writers were being lazy. Right. I I can't think of anything new. I'll just just repeat it. Repeat the story that was already told. But at the end of the day, the truth is worth repeating. Mm -hmm. And it's those repeated words that we end up remembering. Right memorizing and being able to recall. So when you hear that story for the third or the fourth time, or you hear God's words in the Old Testament, I am your God, you are my people. He said that so many times. Those are the words that we want in our head. He is our God. We are his people. So repeat the important words, and then we can recall them and say them. Right. And I wonder if Ryan would say that. I wonder if Ryan would say, I loved hearing what a wonderful Savior over and over again. Yeah. I wonder if that was really special and comforting to him. Yeah. We're so glad we're diving into this. Okay. So we've sung it. We talked about all of these phrases that get repeated. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the word wonderful. Well, first of all, Carrie, do you think the words wonderful savior appears in the Bible? I do not think it does. You are right. Yeah, I didn't think it was, Kel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, I wasn't sure. <laughs> all right, so I have a quiz for you, Carrie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what does the Bible call wonderful? 
So I'm going to give you things, wonderful something, and you have to tell me if it is in the Bible or not. God's plan is wonderful. I'm going to say no. It is in the Bible. Comes from Isaiah 28. All this comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. All right, go ahead. How about, are the Lord's deeds wonderful? Yes, that is something from the Bible. You are right. Psalm 9, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I feel like I, I heard that. Yeah. Okay, do another one. Wonderful grace. Okay, that's in a hymn. It is. I do not think it's in the Bible. You are right. It is not in the Bible, although it's so true and wonderful. I know, perfect. Okay. All right, do another one. How about wonderful son? So God is talking about his son. My son is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful son. I'm going to say no. You are right. It is not in the Bible, although Jesus is definitely wonderful. How about wonderful counselor? Well, I think that's in the Bible. (laughs) It is. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, Wonderful Counselor. So that is, you know, Jesus, Wonderful Son. I just kind of dug around with this word. Okay. So I don't know if people are interested in the linguistics of a word. Okay. Because, of course, in the Old Testament, it was a Hebrew word. And in the New Testament, it was a Greek word. And so the word that I came up with is called Pele. I saw it both ways, P-E-L-E and Mm P-A-L-A. So I'm not sure which one it is, and Mm -hmm. it's probably like Pella, you know, so people have written it E or A. And it comes from the root word for miracle. So it's like marvelous. It's wonderful. It's full of awe and wonder. It's amazing. It comes from the root word for miracle. Mm -hmm. And it, it is used as a as an adjective, it also can be used as a noun. And it's wonder, marvel, but it's more than that. There's a sense of awe. There's a sense of reverence and astonishment. We see it a lot talking about Jesus, the coming Messiah. The Greek word is ethomosin. What's that? <laughs> yeah. What's that? And that's used when the shepherds went and told people what they had seen of the birth of Jesus, the star. They all wondered at those things. And that was that same word. Mm. And it's also used frequently um, when we're referring to the second coming. Okay. That it's just going to be wonderful. I mean, when you hear it like that, it's it's it seems almost impossible to use the word wonderful in any other way. Like I know. it's been a wonderful weekend. It's and, yeah. and honestly, I don't feel that wonderful in our use of it in 2022 is that like right. awesome. No, it's just, I think it's like, I actually think it's kind of a low key word. It's like, oh, I had a wonderful time. I didn't have an awesome time. Right, amazing. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's a step up from good. <laughs> but I ne- we want to think about it being full of wonder. Right. Full of wonder. Now, I have a little fun fact for you. In early Jewish traditions, groups of scholars would find numerical relationships in the texts. And this was called Hebrew Gematra. What's that? (laughs) 
What's Have you ever heard of this? No, Gamatra. Gamatra. But I feel like I'm almost surprised we haven't talked about this before. I know, I know. In the early church, there were people whose jobs were to be counters. They would count all of the letters. They would count all of the words, the paragraphs, the sentences, because mostly they were making sure everything was accurate from when they would write it down. And these people were called counters. The word for them was sophirum. And they came up with this way of putting a numerical value to every Hebrew character. And then they would make connections between the numbers and the words. And this happens in a really strange way over and over and over again. You have to think almost, it can't be by accident, can it? Right. right. Can it? So the the first one I'm going to tell you about is Pele. The number for Pele is 111. One, one, one. And they felt that that was significant because it represented God. God's number is always one. So now you have Pele, one, 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 three in one, three digits all in one, representing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so in this hidden word of Pele, they say, you know, Hebrew scholars would say that it is telling us that this wonderful Son would be God with us, would be the Holy Spirit, that it is truly a miracle. Wonderful. So I'm sure that there are people out there who are really into this. There's probably, pe- you know, people who do follow the numbers I and know. know them. And th- and I just think it's so interesting. And are you thinking that God, the creator of all of this, you know, had it, did it all by design? Nothing's by accident, right? No. So one more is the okay. word Satan. Okay. Satan. The total number for Satan is 359. Okay. And the first time Satan is mentioned in the Bible is in the 359th chapter which is First Chronicles 21. Mm-hmm. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. That's the 359th chapter, which just happens to be the number assigned to the word Satan. I mean, is your mind blown? <laughs> that's Hebrew gematra. Sure, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> so that's the study of numbers. Well, I mean, I wonder what they would say about what a wonderful savior being repeated 20 times. and is this a fact that our composer our hymn writer knew about i mean probably probably not not. probably not just a little bit of information and i i can't believe we're in our 60s for our hymn talk twin talk episodes and this is the first we've heard of this i feel like i know i feel like this should have come up before right especially the way we dig into words and Mm -hmm. meanings and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm surprised Mm -hmm. well you know it's funny that you mentioned that it's been so many episodes and we haven't mentioned Gematra. Right. <laughs> Good job, Carrie. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned this hymn writer once. I know. And that is weird too, this Carrie. This is a huge hymn writer, widely prolific, widely published. I cannot believe we haven't had him yet. In fact, when I texted Ryan back after he gave us the suggestion, I said, this is E.A. Hoffman. I, I want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. So, so it is time. It is, <laughs> it is time. Is this a hymn legend? I think so. Hashtag hymn legend. It is time to hear about Hoffman. All right. Well, first of all, let's just name some of his other okay. amazing hymns. Yep. All right. Do you know Leaning on the Everlasting Arms? Do you know Are You Washed in the Blood? Is your all on the altar? Down at the cross where my Savior died. Now that down at the cross... Down at the cross where my Savior died. 
That is published in over 1,000 hymnals. Down at the cross where my Savior died. So we have to do that one on Hymn Talk Twin Talk. All right, you want to hear about this guy? Yes. Alicia Albright Hoffman was born on May 7th, 1839 in Orwigsburg, Pennsylvania. Orwigsburg. Orwigsburg. It's like you made up that name. (laughs) So it's Alicia. What did I just say? I thought it was Elisha. I have no idea what it is. Why did you say Alicia? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like Elisha. Like from the Bible, from the Old Testament? What do you call him? Elisha. I call him Elisha. You do not. I do. Elijah and Elisha. Okay, we're going to have to do an Instagram poll about this one. Because I thought it was Elijah and Elisha. I feel like that would be silly to have it be exactly <laughs> I the same. It was crazy. It's not exactly the same. Elijah, Elisha. It's exactly the same, except for the J turns into an SH. All right, Carrie just looked it up, and she found someone pronounce it Elisha. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah and Elisha, or Elijah and Elisha, or Elijah and Elisha. I, I I can't do it. It's like I think twisting my tongue. They're all terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Why? Why? It should be Alicia, and it should just be a woman's name. Okay. You know? Actually, in some of my research, they did refer to Alicia Hoffman as she. As female. I yeah. know. They yeah. went, she did all right, this. We yeah. have to agree how we're saying it. Okay, for now, we're going to say Alicia. Alicia, like the guy on YouTube. <laughs> all right. Alicia Albright. Hoffman. At least we know how to pronounce Albright and Hoffman. So he was born into a very musical family. Mm -hmm. His father was a pastor and they would have family worship time twice a day where they would sing hymns every day. Wow. And then he did that with his own children. So the tradition of of worshiping at home, singing at home, it was solidified right from a young age. Wow. I know. I'm so impressed. So you noticed the weird, awkward hometown. Orwigsburg. Orwigsburg. So Orwigsburg is in Pennsylvania. And I had to look it up just because it it has such a strange name. Orwigsburg. Orwigsburg. So Orwigsburg, you can still go there. It's a great little town in Pennsylvania. And this is the quote from the website. Attention, please. The borough of Orwigsburg is small town America. One of our major strengths as a community is our small town charm in a fast-paced environment. It has a strong and dedicated workforce. The residents are caring and supportive of each other. And it seems that even Father Time moves at a more relaxed pace. I want to go there. I'll go to Orwigsburg. Now, the the town was founded by George Orwig. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was, his German name was Johann, but he's George Orwig. He arrived from Germany. He actually had to take an oath at the courthouse to swear allegiance to King George and begin his life in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yep. He eventually went back to Germany to get his wife, Clara, and they had three sons, Peter, Henry, and George. So the father bought this land, and Peter was the one who founded the town, and it was named after him. Orwigsburg in 1796. Now, Alicia, what are we calling him? Alicia. Alicia. No, Alicia, like the YouTube. Okay. Alicia. Alicia has meets and marries his first wife, mm. and guess what her name is? Orwigsburg. <laughs> Alicia. Is her name Alicia? <laughs> You're wrecking my delivery here. I'm trying to Alicia say. and Alicia. Stop it. Her maiden name, her name was Susanna 
Orwig. Oh, she's a direct descendant of from the founder of the town. Exactly. Um, but hello, Susanna was a hymn writer too. Wow. And her brother, Aaron Orwig, was a hymn writer too. And their father, William Orwig, was a hymn writer too, but all of his hymns were in German. Like uh, I can find them online, but they're right, all in German. Right. So there's just this handful of hymns. So um, Alicia marries Susanna, and of course they share this common love of music. Wow, and composing. Yes. So they had a son, Ira, who was also a hymn writer. Would you like to try one? Let's show everyone. Okay, so this says animato. Yeah. So, I mean, Ira, the son, is writing an animated hymn. He wants us to sing it animatedly with joy yeah. and expression, Lively. right? Yeah. yeah, let's try it. Animato. Come let us raise a joyful strain, a song to heaven sing. For all the goodness of the Lord, the prophet from his holy word, our voices loud shall ring. And may the earth's great human throng pour out its praise in pealing song. For sharing the protection strong of Jesus our King. Carol sweetly, carol loudly in his praise. praise. Animated. So it's funny because as the new generation of hymn writers came up, were they writing hymns that no one liked? That they said, oh, that's too much. It's moving too much. It's jumping around too Did much. Did he say to his dad, I think your stuff is too slow. I'm going to do something bold and big and yep. bright and fast. <laughs> I don't know. Now, we have one example of a hymn that they wrote together. The father, the father and, son. and son. So that's, that's kind of cool. So I have to think that they respected each other's yeah. abilities, right? So this is called I Have Been at the Fountain. Now, what's interesting about this is it says words and music by the father. Right. By Alicia. And then it says arranged by Ira. Ira so, Orwig Hoffman. Right. That's his middle name. Yeah. So he says, Dad, you got something good here, but I need to but, like. Yeah, it think. needs me to tweak it a little <laughs> I gotta bit. I got to put it together and arrange it for you. All right. Let's show you this. So this is I Have Been at the Fountain and, you know, it has not stood the test of time. No. no. So you can make your own opinion on it. Yeah. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I have been at the fountain, at the wonderful fountain, where the streams of blessing flow. I have washed my garments in the blood of cleansing and am made as white as snow. I love the second verse. I am saved, hallelujah, and my heart is rejoicing. There's a lot of joy to these songs. I know, I wonder if Ira had that little influence over over the song to make it a little bit more right yeah peppy but i do have to say that the song we're doing today is peppy it's true it's it's very true i think they had it in common all right so this lovely lovely musical family of course they're joyfully writing hymns yes it sounds like it they experienced quite the tragedy so susanna the wife the mom she died at the age of 30 Mm. and she left alicia with three small children he eventually remarried and her name was Emma, and they had one child together. 
Um, He was, he became a minister. He became a Presbyterian minister and they did stay in Pennsylvania for quite a while, but he ended up moving to Cleveland. Now what's in Cleveland? Why go to Cleveland? (laughs) We talk about hymn writers who come to Boston and who go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Chicago seemed to be like the hymn writing Mm -hmm. Mecca, but he goes to Cleveland. Do you know why? Why? So he worked for a publishing house in Cleveland, Kelly, and this was run by the Evangelical Association. Okay. The Evangelical Association. He also started a church there called the Grace Congregational Church. I looked and looked and couldn't really find it. Oh. But the Evangelical Association really came as a result of the teachings of a Jacob Albright. Okay. Which, interestingly enough... Alicia's middle name is Albright. So this, he was obviously named after this gentleman. So Jacob Albright, um, he was a Pennsylvanian, he was a German, and he was a Lutheran. And Mm. he was converted to Methodism. And through his preaching and his classes and his teaching, he went to all these German settlements in Pennsylvania. He was an, became an ordained minister and basically had them spread, helped to spread this Methodist movement in Pennsylvania. Wow. So the Evangelical Association was called that, but then eventually it became the United Methodist Church. Wow, that's the beginning of Methodism in America. So that's what he did, and he became a minister, and he lived in Cleveland. He ended up dying in Chicago on November 25th, 1929. He had no musical training. I don't know if we said (gasps) this. He had no musical training. He never took a music class. That was not his thing. It was just from being in that musical family, Kelly. He was gifted by the Lord, obviously. He was a minister. He was a musician. He was a hymn writer. And he had a heart for serving. Mm -hmm. So I heard this story. I read this story in my research. When he wasn't studying, when he wasn't writing songs and hymns, he was actually found in people's homes ministering Mm -hmm. to the poor, Mm -hmm. to the lonely, and to the sick. And so he went one day to a home which had experienced much sorrow and affliction. He found the mother of the home just in the depths of despair. He tried to console her with like quoting Bible scripture and offering to pray, but nothing really worked. And so he suggested that she could do nothing better than to take all her sorrow to the Lord Jesus. You must tell Jesus, he told her. And upon meditating upon these words, a light came across her face. And she said, yes, I must tell Jesus. And Alicia left immediately with those words in his ears, I must tell Jesus. And he went right home and wrote another one of his popular hymns called, I Must Tell Jesus. I mean, I feel like we have to do that on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I must must tell tell Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we don't say this a lot, but every once in a while we come across a hymn writer and we think we could do a whole episode just Just on him. him. I know. You know, that's how this guy is. He wrote all the time. He wrote all the time. You can't write 2,000 hymns if you're not constantly engaging. He's a minister. He studied the Bible. He knew the Bible. I mean, I look at our hymn for today, What a Wonderful Savior, and we can talk about things being wonderful or miraculous, but really that hymn is a reconciliation hymn. It is about our sins being forgiven. And then it is a transformation hymn. We are new people. What is the change that comes over us? 
Well, I mean, Kelly, that's like what we learned about the word wonderful. That is a miracle. Right. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. So let's read the words. We have okay. not read all the words. And, and you'll hear them. You'll hear this transformation process that happens when your sins are forgiven. All right. Now, I'm super excited because yes. we have asked our hymn-loving friend, Raluca, mm-hmm. to play this hymn for us. You know, she is such a talented pianist, and she's always engaging in hymn content on social media. Yes. So we just said, how can we, you know, use each other's talents mm-hmm. a bit more? So I, uh, she's offered to play for us. Yes. So we're going to hear Raluca Beaujard. We'll have all her contact information on our show notes. Look her. Look for her on... Instagram, if you're not following her. And she's on TikTok too, Kelly. Oh, great. She has all these funny TikToks we that should she do does. TikTok. I don't know. I know. All right. So this is Raluca Bajor playing Alicia Hoffman's hymn, What a Wonderful Savior. And let's read the words. Christ has for sin atonement made. What a wonderful Savior. We are redeemed. The price is paid. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. I praise him for the cleansing blood. What a wonderful Savior. That reconciled my soul to God. What a wonderful Savior. He cleansed my heart from all its sin. What a wonderful Savior. And now he reigns and rules therein. What a wonderful Savior. He gives me overcoming power. What a wonderful Savior. And triumph in each trying hour. What a wonderful Savior. To Him I've given all my heart. What a wonderful Savior. The world shall never share a part. What a wonderful Savior. He walks beside me in the way. What a wonderful Savior. And keeps me faithful day by day. What a wonderful Savior. So do you see that that theme of forgiveness, reconciliation? So in some ways, it almost feels like a testimony hymn, too, mm-hmm. because he's mm-hmm. talking about what's happened to him. Right. So there's the first thing that happens, which is the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Christ has aton- made atonement right. for everyone's sin. It's, it's right literally there. the first line. The first line, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he says, and we are reconciled to God. Now... I, most believers know that that's what happened when Jesus died, but to see it written there in print is a really strong message. Without yeah. Jesus's death, we are not reconciled to God, and there's no way to be. Right. And that phrase, like being reconciled to God, we don't see that in many hymns. No, we don't. I and mean, I love that it's included here. I know. I almost feel like it's a hymn challenge. Write a hymn where you use the word reconciled. reconciled. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one. I know. All right, so we look at the Bible. Yeah, what does the Bible what say? What does the Bible say? Honestly, there's so many passages that we could have chosen to talk about, you know, the the saving act that Jesus made for us on the cross. Um, But I went right to Romans, Romans 5, 10 through 11. For if while we were enemies, he's calling us enemies. enemies. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciliation. So I figured I would pick a verse that had reconciled and reconciliation a lot. Well, and I love that, you know, it's, we are singing praise. Like it says, 
we rejoice in God. And right. here we are just singing about how wonderful he is right. a million times. Right, a million times. Wonder, wonderful Savior is Jesus, my, my Jesus. Jesus. In case you weren't sure of who right. it was, we say Jesus and Lord many times. Right. So he, he forgives us, he cleanses our heart, and now Jesus rules and reigns. And so I just look at 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Actually, we're going to be reading this in worship coming up. What does the Bible say? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we hear the theme of victory a lot in worship, don't yeah. we? In hymns, victory in Jesus, right. triumph. And so... This is what happened. Jesus rose from the dead, and now we have that power. Right. And when he says triumph in each trying hour, right, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. how hard life gets. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what we may be going through. We can always have the victory, the triumph mm -hmm. in God and knowing what he's done for us. And we see the transformation in this hymn. We really do. The first couple of verses is about Christ. Right. And what Christ has done for us. And then it is about us praising him. Mm -hmm. Christ cleanses our heart. Now he rules and reigns. But now we are triumphant. We are victorious. We are walking with him day by day. And he is walking with us. First John 1 John 1.7 But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. We are new creatures. We're able to walk. We're able to live. We're able to rejoice. We're promised eternal life. It's a great hymn with a lot of truth. I don't know why it hasn't stayed in our hymnals. It's a beautiful tune. It really is. It could be that there's just other hymns other. that are better that say the same thing. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that I can't name other hymns that really do this. Mm -hmm. What this hymn is doing, combining the acknowledgement of what he did for us on the cross, what we need to do in response, mm -hmm. and then praising him for being so wonderful. I, I really think it, it does it all. It does it all. It does it all. Well, another wonderful hymn that I found um, that I thought was a close second yeah. is what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. So, I mean, I love this. It talks about wonderful. I know, it does say it's wonderful. It's the same thing, and yeah. it's the change in your life yeah. that he talks about, too. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. We should do that one, Carrie. That's a great one. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. I feel like poor Alicia just didn't, with this one, you know, he had many that were published many, that many were published. times. This one just didn't fill a void that we, that we had. Yeah. Well, we do know that churches are still singing it. And we ended up finding this husband and wife team mm -hmm. from Washburn, Wisconsin. They go to a church called Grace Bible Fellowship. And together, they are the worship and technical directors of the church, mm -hmm. and they created a video of this song to help with at-home worship. It was right. during COVID. It was two years ago. So she sings, her husband, Dan, plays the bass, and then there's another musician from their worship team mm -hmm. that is singing the harmonies, and then there's piano and flute. So it's, it's basically their worship team. But they created this for the at-home worship. Mm -hmm. um, it's just lovely. She says that her small church in northern Wisconsin 
They love the hymns. And she says on the fifth Sunday of every month, they actually do a hymn sing. So people can just pick out which hymns they want. That's amazing. I mean, it's not every month. No, it's, it's not. It's know, probably a few times a year. But they must look forward to it so much. And they do have a combined hybrid style of worship. They do modern songs. They do the old hymns. Mm-hmm. But that fifth Sunday, it's all hymns. So we're so thankful that Emma has... Sh- put the music out on YouTube so that even we can see it. We're not, you know, in Wisconsin. Right. This is Emma Meyer, her husband, Dan, and the worship team at Grace Bible Fellowship in Washburn, Wisconsin. What What a a wonderful wonderful Savior. Christ has blessed atonement made. What a that all of these musicians that we've met and that we've reached out to on social media, they were being creative Mm -hmm. and innovative in the time of COVID to get people to still be able to worship. I love that. It was a, it was a hard time for so many of us. And yet, you know, the church musicians, they were the ones continuing on and, and allowing their people to still worship. It was great. So thank you, Emma. Thank you, Dan. We're actually going to share their information. If you're in the Washburn, Wisconsin area, you can check them out. She says they're right near Lake Superior. Ooh. I want to go to Lake Superior. Let's go. (laughs) Road trip. This is your captain speaking. All right. So Kelly, hymn takes. I 
love the pattern of this hymn. Right. I love the pattern, and I think it is a pattern for worship. It is a pattern for a hymn. It is a pattern for our life. Acknowledge what Christ has done. Worship him. That's as simple as it is. Right. Acknowledge what he's done. I mean, and there's no like, well, maybe, well, ifs, well, maybe, I'm not sure. It is Christ has for sin atonement made. We are redeemed. The price has been paid. And in the very next breath, it's what a wonderful Savior. Right. And actually, as I was researching this, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. I was thinking of the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. Yeah. Because that reminds me of this. It's also that the sacrifice is made. We Mm -hmm. are saved. It Mm -hmm. is finished. But what this does, that Jesus paid it all, doesn't do as much, is goes right into praise. What a wonderful Savior. Even the words are there. Um, I praise him for the cleansing blood in verse 2. So acknowledge what Jesus has done. Praise him. So, I mean, I love that too. I love the, I think it's the last verse, although we see some hymnals um, do it differently, have them numbered differently. Uh, But the two lines that aren't, what a wonderful Savior. Mm -hmm. To him I've given all my heart. Yes. The world shall never share a part. Share, so the, my full whole, my full life my, is for him. Right. And I'm not going to And the sh- world, there's not like a little no room section. There's no anything right. else. So I think in that point, at that point of the hymn, it's actually a prayer. Mm-hmm. So help me to be that committed. Help me to live a life that mm-hmm. devoted. And again, that's that repetition. I mean, maybe say that every day as right. you wake up. You need to kind of remind yourself and repeat it so that it becomes like your own personal mantra. To him I've given all my heart. What a wonderful Savior. The world shall never share a part. What a wonderful Savior. I mean, it's really beautiful. I would want to sing that every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we are done. Thank you to Dan and Emma and Raluca. But really. Thank you to Ryan. Ryan. In Oregon. You're the one who told us about it. We are so thankful this hymn came across our Mm -hmm. paths. Now, please give us your hymn requests. There are so many hymns out there. We don't really know where to start. Nope. And we would have never picked this one, let's be honest. Never, never. So give us your hymn requests, and we can't promise we'll do them in a very timely manner. I know, I know. But we'll get to them. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Thank you. Bye.